Hey, everybody, this is Sean from Waltz Apartment Podcast. Uh, no, I'm not Amber and Jade. They will be along in just one minute. Um, I want to take a quick second to thank all of you listeners for all of your support for Mando Monday these past seven weeks. Um, we all here really appreciate it. But most of all, I want to thank Amber and Jade for all their hard work on the Mando Monday series. They did a great job. Uh, no one could break down the Mandalorian better than these two. Um, so from me, from all of our team at Waltz Apartment Podcast, Amber and Jade, we thank you very much. Um, this finale episode was kind of a special one. Mark from This Diz Life podcast um, asked us to join along for his final Mando Monday live stream. So we live streamed it on our our page, Walt's Apartment Podcast, on Mark's page, This Diz Life podcast. And um, they were also joined by the Wolf and Wookie of Walt Disney World. They were joined by Brian from United We Fan and uh, one of uh, Mark's best friends, uh, Michael, all sat down, had a long conversation about the Mandalorian and they gave all their thoughts on it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this final episode of Mando Monday Season 2, the finale. That was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Hey everybody, how are you doing? Welcome to Mando Monday. Yeah, it's Mando Monday. That's right. It is Mando Mando Monday. We've been waiting all week for this, so uh, we're going to let everybody get in here and get settled. Welcome the panel, and we've got an incredible panel here today assembled for this finale of Mando Monday. The hardest part about this was really just keeping uh, keeping it all under wraps and and staying chilled out for the weekend. Definitely. Was this was this not just the hardest weekend to to like to not ruin spoilers? <laughs> I mean, I I was on such I was on my best behavior this entire weekend in ter- in terms of like spoiler watch. So everybody's going to get a little settled in. It looks like we've got 10 in the stream. Hello to everybody out there. I just want to say a quick hello to everyone in Walt's apartment and everyone over at This Diz Life. Welcome to the show. We're going to get started in a few seconds here. We just want to give everyone a chance to get logged in and make sure that they're set up. We are a live stream, so please make sure that you've registered in StreamYard. So above, uh, above the screen here, you can see a link which will allow... Uh, Facebook to use your name and uh, your likeness in the comments so that we can pull you on air like we did right here for Dwayne. Hello, Dwayne. And if not, you'll suffer the fate of becoming the anonymous Facebook user. We love you, Facebook user. (laughs) But Facebook user, make sure that you log in over in StreamYard. And welcome, everyone. Welcome our guests. Walt's apartment is in the house. It's an honor to be broadcasting. This uh, This is Mando Monday for Walt's apartment and this is life so we're combining forces not since the avengers assembled has there been something so epic (laughs) ladies and gentlemen i'm ready to get this started i know that we've all waited long enough ladies and gentlemen welcome to the season finale of mando monday
Oh, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, fired up by JL Folks. Thank you so much to JL Folks for his musical contributions to the show. Check him out, as you can see, over on Facebook. We we listen. I was so excited about all of you coming into the house. I had I had to clean up a little bit. We cleaned up the intro for all of you. We dressed we dressed to impress. The Wookiee ran back to Kashyyyk really quickly, but here he is again. <laughs> all, of, all of you that have been tuning into Mandalorian Monday, you know my co-host. They are he is the Wookiee and and the Wolf that they've been riding the Millennium Falcon with me since episode one here on Mandalorian <laughs> Monday. Welcome back, Wolf and Wookiee from. Wolf and Wookie, a Walt Disney World podcast, and also now a member of the Disney Li- this Disney Life family. Welcome to the group, gentlemen. Welcome to the channel. Welcome home. It's awesome hey. to see you guys again. Good to see you too. Glad to be it's an here. Honor. We welcome Glad to Brian. Be here with new, new friends too. New friends. Yeah, Brian. Welcome to the show. We welcome Brian from United We Fan. Guys, we're gonna have the socials up as well too. I had a great time with Mark and Brian fanning out hard about. Uh, the investors meeting this last week. I did an amazing podcast. Brian is a kindred spirit when it comes to all things Star Wars. And I said, hey, Brian, we're doing the finale. It would be my honor to have him come on. Brian, welcome to the show. Yeah, I can't believe we've already had a dad a little Oh, uh, we're having a few audio issues with Brian. Brian, we're um we're having a few audio issues. And he can hear me too. Like maybe um, he's he's coming to us from an undisclosed location on the roof. It's it's the Trade Federation, Bry. They're jamming the signal. Yeah. They're jamming it. <laughs> They're jamming you. All right, Amber, Amber, and Jay joining us from Walt's apartment. They have an excellent Mando Monday of their own. Love their Mando Monday. Love their takes. Uh, Amber and Jade have become my my favorite Mando Monday besides doing this with my two guys here. <laughs> and we uh, we hooked up with Sean from Walt's apartment and we said, let's make this a really epic episode and bring on the two ladies that know more Star Wars than I ever could and put me to shame. So we had to have them come on and and really uh, and school us on their on their Mandalorian and Star Wars universe knowledge. Amber and Jade, welcome to the show, ladies. Thank Hi. you. <laughs> so excited to be part of a bigger group. Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's fun. I, I'm like, I'm geeked out. I was geeked out just over you guys, not even the episode in it. I was geeked out about this. <laughs> and then I, I gave him the, in the pre-show, I introduced him as the Luke Skywalker to my Yoda, the, the Wookiee to my Han Solo. When I was, when I was watching these movies, this was the guy that was on my left. This is Michael Ruby at Ruby writer on Instagram. The man, the myth, the legend, my best friend, my best man at my wedding. I said, I, I need you to be here for me, man. And moral support. He, the, he loves Star Wars. He's a huge fan. Um, and he's just, uh, he's got the best Star Wars mind that I that I knew. Until I met Amber and Jade. Mike, I'm going to tell you right now. Until I met Amber and Jade, you were the dude. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate being here and talking with, with folks. Usually it's me uh, shouting at my kids about how amazing this was. And they're like, yeah, we're, we, we want to go watch like Coop and Cammy. And I'm like, no. So, it's okay. They'll grow up to be Jade. There's hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A new hope even. Um, no, super excited it. to be here. Thanks for the invite. And great, great to see everybody. And just as, a, as an aside, before we really get into this episode, Mike, Amber and Jade, they, they are on the same page as you as far as The Last Jedi goes. So you don't find a lot of support with me on that. I apologize. 
but you you two can always dialogue and fan over over Ryan Johnson. You have you have um the similar similar opinions in that. Let's just really quick. Let's welcome our audience in. Welcome everyone to our guests, Dwayne, hey, Dwayne. The, the executive producer, uh, the man with the plan over at this Diz Life. Again, thank you, Walt's apartment, for this, and thank you for hosting us. Alicia just watched it. Chills. I cried. I'm still crying on the inside, Alicia. <laughs> it is my first Mando Monday. Melissa, welcome to Mando Monday. What better way to, to join us than this one? Daniel, Star Wars lovers, these are my people. Yes, welcome to the tribe. Lori, here to co- commence the festivities. Here we go. Piano Rob is in the house. Piano Rob in the house. P- Piano Rob had an early quarantines to make this. So, like, so psyched. So psyched that Rob is here. The music was so epic. Thank you. Yeah, we cleaned up. We cleaned up for these guys. Sam is here. Hey, hey. <laughs> Jade made it. Yeah, we're excited. <laughs> Ariana made it. I'm so, it's awesome. He's got to stop using the rebel bass. Hello. We're getting some hellos. Loving the sweatshirt. I, listen, I have to rep. We're going to talk about Grogu, but if if that were the last, <laughs> if that's the last time I see you, my sweet baby Yudes, I will. I love you forever. You can see he's over my shoulder as well. Grogu, Grogu forever. First Mando Monday. Hey, to everyone who's who's joining us for the first time, it, uh, it's an honor. Thank you so much for joining us. Amber's going back and saying hi to everybody. Ernie Briner made it live. Yeah, buddy. He's always watching us on replay. If you are watching us on replay, just let us know. We love you on replay as well. I just noticed the N1 uh, Naboo Starfighter hanging over the wall. Yeah. Very Amazing. Cool. Loving, loving the setup, Rye. I'm ex- I was too excited to cry. Uh, we're going to talk about it. everybody's excited. Piano Rob, how are you doing? Joe made it tonight. Joe is a frequent for us. We're Joe. Thank you. Welcome back. And how sad was it? If that would be the last time I, I, I agree. I agree. So guys, I, you know, there's not much in terms of the synopsis. Um, the, the rescue is very much what it, what it was. It, you know, as advertised, uh, the gang is all together. They, they swing by and pick up Bo-Katan before making the assault uh and they they plan it out boba fett is going to be the point man uh they steal a shuttle um great scene too like that opening sequence with um the former death star techs were awesome uh gina carano blasting that guy in the face was highly satisfying (laughs) like highly highly satisfying but i mean the the episode was just action-packed assaulting uh, the star cruiser, you know, d- doing battle with a dark trooper, the, uh, the assault party, which we're going to talk about just wreaking havoc and being the ultimate distraction, the duel with Moff Gideon and the best car, uh, the best car steel staff, uh, talk about Mando becoming the owner of the dark saber, which I know Amber and Jade have some, <laughs> some feelings, some strong feelings about that which we're going to talk about as well. And then the moment that I have been waiting for since I was six years old, uh, which my body betrayed me. We're going to talk about that as well during that moment that I just could not contain myself, nor could Kevin Smith for that matter. So I felt I much, I felt much better when I saw that Kevin Smith couldn't contain himself either. And then we say goodbye. You know, we say goodbye um, to baby Yoda. Uh, and, uh, maybe this is the last time that we will see Grogu save for, um, save for a, a cameo. So I just want to get initial reactions before we re- really get topical. And, you know, if, if you guys would indulge me like just 30 seconds, I'm not going to talk about the whole thing. I just want to talk about the moment 
when, you know, I, it was fine. The Return of the Jedi lived up. It was like Return of the Jedi Part Two for me. When I saw the X, when I saw the X Wing, my mouth opened. All I could say was how. And I talked. Amber and I talked about this. How is this happening? I have never been so happy to be wrong in my entire life. I thought I thought it was going to be Ezra, and never never have I been so happy to be wrong. Um, I still think Ezra is going to be somewhere. Mm-hmm. But when I saw the X Wing, my mouth opened, and I said how. Then I saw the green saber ignite and I said, how again? And then I saw the glove hand and I, I kid you not. I don't know enough. I I couldn't control myself. A single tear of joy rolled down my left cheek and my eyes just filled with wonder. And Kevin Smith said it best. I didn't read his, his Instagram post. I said this to my friend, Ernie, who's here in the chat. I said, dude, I've waited since 1983 for that moment. I, I built that moment with my with my toys for Luke Skywalker. I've waited for that since I was a little kid. And I called this to Dwayne, my Ratatouille moment where I took a bite of the Ratatouille. And then like the critic, I was transported instantly to the childhood memory of, of that dish, of that movie. And I cried. And I cried out of joy because it was something I had waited for and didn't know how badly I needed and wanted that. So that was, listen, I could react to a billion things, but I really want to count on you guys, the panel today and just shut up and moderate for once. You know, I, I don't do that well. I'm, I'm, I apologize to all of you. Out there. <laughs> but that's the only thing that I just wanted to get out there was for me, a 42 year old guy, that was um, something I have been waiting for since 1983 to happen again. And it was everything that I've ever wanted from Star Wars and everything I think I've ever asked for. And if there had never been another piece of Star Wars made, I would um, die tomorrow. Happy man. Having seen Luke Skywalker return to the Star Wars universe and be as badass as he was. Sorry for the language, ladies and gentlemen. Not just return, but return in that full master status, right? We hadn't ever seen him fully achieve that, you know, even in the, the sequel trilogy now, like he was the old man, Luke. And this, it's like his prime time. And they did such a good job depicting that. His fighting style was spot on. You talk about seeing the X-Wing and then the green lightsaber. I was like this close to the screen, like looking at his fighting style because all the Jedi have distinct styles. And I'm like, no way. There's no way. There's no way. And then the green lightsaber lights up. Like I was losing my shiznit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> go ahead wolf tell like and we're just doing initial reactions right now yeah i i mean there's not much you can't say it was so good on every level um they just they kind of exceeded expectations i think almost completely from what we thought i mean we kind of thought that baby grew you know grogu was not going to be saved and all of a sudden you see the rescue and you're like yeah it's happening and, you know, that initial moment when they see the X, I was like, no way. I, and, and very similar to you guys. I just <laughs> was completely shocked. And the whole time I'm like, oh, my God, why is it in black and white? What is going on here? What? I, I don't understand why that is in black and white. I need to see the color. And I'm colorblind, but I know when I see that <laughs> lightsaber, it's, it's, instant. it's instant. Yeah. It's an instant look. So... Yeah, I, I was excited about that for sure. Yeah. Great, Love great it. episode, and, and, and yeah, excited to hear get into the rest of the details for sure. Yes, sir, Brian. Tell initial thoughts, buddy, and and for those of you too in the comments, you know, we're Here dropping now. stuff. We're gonna bring you guys on. Go ahead, Brian. 
Uh, we're still having some audio issues. I know. I know, bud. <laughs> All right, Wookie, we're going to go over to you. Uh, I'm going to piggyback off of um, Amber. I thought the fighting style looked a lot like Anakin almost, like with the late blocking you know, shots behind the back and stuff like that. You know, a lot of spinning. I thought it it looked a lot like Anakin in, in um, Revenge of the Sith, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, it, but you're right. As soon as I saw the green saber with the glove, who else could it be? But I did think it was going to be Ezra. I did too. I did too. As soon Go as ahead, I saw that, the X-Wing though. I Yeah, I knew the, the solo X-Wing. And and they made a point of that too. Gina Carano says like one X wing. What's that's gonna do? What is it gonna do? You knew. Oh, we're you knew. Now. Yeah, when you knew with that line, you knew it was a dead giveaway. It was Luke. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I. It could not have been more perfect, and it was so densely packed with callbacks. So I think the fighting style that you're talking about that that kind of mirrors Anakin. Just the fact that within like the first shot, you see him block a laser blast blind over his back, which calls all the way back to the first time he puts on the blast shield. And it's, you know, you're saying that I'm going to be able to, you know, I'm going to be able to stop them without even seeing them. Like that was tied in there. I felt like this was the first time we saw a real Jedi Knight. You know, it was kind of like as a kid thinking about, Oh, a Jedi Knight and they're calm and they're collected and they're cool. And like, we've somehow gotten twisted away from the mythology that, you know, the reason Moff Gideon is shaken in his boots is the same way that like the Neimoidians are shaken in their boots when Qui-Gon's coming to the bridge in, in Phantom Menace. Like yeah. no one has struck fear into a bad guy. It's just become kind of accepted that like either the Jedi don't exist or they're not as powerful as they once were. And even in, you know, the great cartoons that are out now, you've got Inquisitors that are spinning lightsabers around as well. So it's like <laughs> yeah. finally to see somebody step up and the sheer, to use the word you had earlier, the sheer badassery was like, it <laughs> felt like a real Jedi Knight finally came back onto the screen. And, you know, I'll I'll go one step further. I didn't believe it was Luke. I literally said to the screen, show me the other hand. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I, believe, I saw one gloved hand holding the green lightsaber. <laughs> and I'm like, if the other one has a, the other one could have a glove on it. It, it, yep. it may be somebody else. So it, the second that I saw an ungloved hand, I literally was like, I shouted out loud, praying I wouldn't wake up everyone else in the house. It's Luke. <laughs> it's Luke. It's Luke. Brian Paul, before we before we get to to Brian, Brian with a Y, me Brian with a Y. This is remember I told you this is this is my Brian with a Y. Brian says it's time to cast Sebastian Stan. Brian, yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. All right, Brian, go ahead. Let's see if the Trade Federation loosen their grip on on Naboo over there. Let me do one more audio check. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Oh, I am I am so sorry. It's um, all good. I, I honestly I you talked about that tear rolling down your left cheek. Ezra's lightsaber was green. That's all I'm gonna say. Like I wasn't fully convinced. I don't think now we're gonna get Ezra. I know I think I know when we're gonna get Ezra, which means we I don't know when we're gonna get Ezra. Um, but the tears for me didn't come. Until because what pulled me into Star Wars was R2D2. And R2D2 is what pulled Grogu to train as a Jedi at that point. He was hugging Mando's leg. When R2D2 showed up and was himself, it was that's what made just the floodgates open for me. It was so yeah. awesome. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, we see we see you in the comments tonight. It's just so there's so much. 
there's so much. So I'm going to bring everybody on air and get you on there. Uh, Facebook user, don't forget to, if you can get uh, in StreamYard, make sure you register in StreamYard. I, when I saw the Saber Ignite, it was everything put together with the Saber. I, I agree. I got goosebumps as well. Sam says, Sean Williams, your chopped liver, bud. I just, I had to bring that one on. I had to bring that one up. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Let's, let's get to some of the audience before we dive in. And Jay, what did you started. think? I, oh, I want to hear what Jay, yeah. Jay, I want to hear Jay, what Jay thinks. Yeah. Okay. Cause, so cause I would... I, before you start, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of their, of, of Amber and Jade's Mando Monday too. And Jade, I always love, I always love your takes because I, I think that you, you bring, you bring a certain love to the, to the, uh, to the forefront. I like that. Okay. So I was watching it at about like 1230 at night downstairs <laughs> with everybody asleep. So I like kill I see for that show to be available <laughs> at midnight. Oh man. I would kill for that. Yeah. I, I see the X-wing roll in and like my body literally starts shaking. I'm like, stop, <laughs> but <laughs> it pulls in and then, then, you know, Cara Dune's line. And I was like, Oh, there's, it has to be Luke. There's nobody else. It could be like, infamous single x-wing fighter comes in who else could it be and then you know i see him kind of in the black and white fighting and you know i'm like eh, maybe not then i see the glove and the saber and i was just like ah! and i literally screamed downstairs and then yeah i woke some people up but <laughs> i'm literally getting emotional right now just talking about it but yeah it it was uh, it was such a good episode <laughs> in its entirety because oh. we like text each other. We don't get to watch in the same under the same roof all the time. So we like live text each other at the same time. We queue it up at the same time. And you can tell when both of us get too excited, there's no texting happening because we're just literally having these emotional and physical reactions that we can't always communicate. Yeah, I'm downstairs yeah, awesome. on the couch and my dog's like trying to comfort me because <laughs> he thinks something's wrong. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> that's funny. Matt, Matt, we're going to get to that, buddy. He says, what's everyone's opinion about Boba Fett, which is coming? Mm-hmm. Or no, you did not. You did not miss that conversation, my friend. No, it's that's a, coming it's towards the end. It's, it's <laughs> towards the end. One thing that Brian said that I loved is a lot of people watch this with their kids and, and his son's reaction to the Luke reveal. I took it to a whole nother level. Dude, that's again. That's what we love about Disney is when you when you take your kid to Disney for the first time and they and they just they they see the castle and then it, it becomes new to you. That's what we love. Disney's got that. They got that. I know Mark's initial reaction. Actually, he does. So it was it was tears and Tourette's. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. <laughs> it was tears and Tourette's because I I sent maybe maybe an f bomb one plus a lot more to James <laughs> to, say, to say, Oh my God. But it was, Oh my, Oh my, Oh my something. <laughs> and the, the Wookiee, the Wookiee dude, cause Schick has really bad Wi-Fi today too. It's, it's crazy. Anyone Ew. else realize there's a good chance that Grogi gets slaughtered by Kylo Ren. Like, I'll like kill him I myself. If that happens, I, I will kill him again myself. We have our own theories. Here's the quote <laughs> Luke. He says, I would give my life to save the child. And how I take that is they intentionally put that in there yep. to basically say Luke was still alive after Kylo Ren destroyed the new Jedi temple. So Grogu's still alive. That's yeah. my interpretation. I, I, I believe that too. That's a good take. That's a really good like take. That. So guys, I sent a little bit of an outline. What do you, what do you guys want to do as the panel? You want to take it as it comes and just be organic with this and, um, and you know, get get the audience involved and let let them kind of drive it. Or do you want to just go? You want to go in order that we kind of set. What do you What do you want to do? 
I'm I'm a, I'm easy. I'm easy. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm here for any of it. <laughs> All right. So let's um let let me get a few more of the audience. We're falling a little behind. Sadly, I think about it. Rob Volpe. Yeah, everybody. So everybody who is concerned for Grogu's well-being, that we got to check. We have some stuff going on in the chat about Grogu's future. I was a 12 year old kid again, and that was a long time ago. Amazing. Yeah, Sean. I said the same thing. I was I was six. Instantly, I was six. Rob, I, I love them both. My boys called it, and I didn't believe it. Grogu will have graduated in the New Jedi Academy by then, yep. or else he would have stopped Kylo. Good point. Good point. Like I, he, I think he would have been mad powerful by by that point. First thought I had made me so sad. Nobody wants to think about that. If they went that route, this will call it even for, for more movies or shows. Hey, at this point, I, I won't, I won't discount Disney doing. 20 at this point with with the success they're having with this this is the flagship for disney plus now Mm -hmm. it really is so true grogo is aging so much slower where was he for the sequel trilogy then gene that that's an amazing question like that's that's the million dollar question that i think we all asked with are we going to see baby grogu again where did he go to did he survive the temple and if he did why was he not around during the first order um, or why don't we see him? Why don't we see him? Not to say that he's not around somewhere, but he's notably absent. He's mm-hmm. notably absent. That's a question that a lot of us that are familiar with the star Wars television universe are so used to asking though, where is Ahsoka? Where is Kanan? Where is Ezra? It's a question I have stopped asking myself because they've got a story that they want to tell. And I, don't think that it's really worth dwelling on it too much. But like I said, if Ben Solo killed him, I uh, I'll kill him again myself. (laughs) I've I've chalked it up to, it's a really big galaxy. You know, I I think they've done a really nice job, especially now. I I, I feel like I've I've said this to Mark a couple of times. I think Mando has turned into the thing that makes everything else better. Like they, they are solving so many problems. And I think the fact that we really, for the first time, understand what the outer rim means, you mm-hmm. know, the fact that it really is the wild West and it's so barren and disparate and far out from the core planets that, you know, like the only time we've ever really seen like core planets in full force are, you know, be, being, able, being able to see Coruscant and being able to sort of see Canto bite. But other than that, you know, we're, we're looking at like barren wasteland planets who knows where any of these people are and what reaches they've gone out to, you know? So for all we know, you know, Mando probably, you know, by the time the next trilogy rolls around, he's going to be in his sixties, you know, he may be kicking out on a beach somewhere with Grogu and they have no clue what's going on, you know, with the first order. Right. Good. We can get in there. I, it, it really just was Honestly, it was amazing. I like, I just, there were so many emotions that pulled at every heartstring. You know what I mean? I just, you were happy, you were sad, you were excited, you saw some great combat. It was just, and then you got like the uh, nostalgia factor, which just really made the whole thing tie together. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, we were texting that morning and, it, and we were both uh, just yeah. nerding out. At like six, at like 6 45 in the morning, we were texting. Brian, Brian, uh, Quarantine has not been kind to Bib Fortuna. Clearly, mm-hmm. he, he did not put on the quarantine fifteen. He put on the quarantine five hundred. It was bad. It was really, really bad. James says we don't see Grogu for the sequel trilogy because they didn't have John and Dave. <laughs> 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 yep. is, like, 
if they can bring Palpatine back the way Not they did, wrong. I think they can find a way to explain where Grogu is during the sequel. Listen, <laughs> I I agree with everything that Brian just said. That we we consume Star Wars from a personal point of view, and I listen. I I think that there's a lot of stuff going on, and it's a big galaxy. I don't I don't lose faith that he's he's out there, and there's there may be other parts of the story that we don't know that after the destruction of that of that Jedi temple, they may have dispersed again, knowing what happened that first go round. And there may be Jedi in, in hiding. They may be cloistered in, in places all over realizing that the Sith are, are rising again and they don't want to befall the, the same fate that they did the first time, which is, Hey, let's all be congregated in this one nice little neat place where they can come and kill us all in one fell swoop. So it's, that's what I, so Jay, that's what I hold out hope for. When I think of where are these people, I think that maybe they learn from the past and they're they're making smarter decisions on this on the second go round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and introducing the fact that there are these areas and pockets of the galaxy that are so vast that most people never even know about, like Thrawn, right? His whole planetary system is not even anywhere in our radar because it's so complicated to get there. Just yeah. like how the Emperor was able to hide out, right? So. Who knows? Plus, I mean, you have to send a transmission unless they sense something through the force, which at that point, she already would have been battling with Palpatine. So it would have been too late to get there by light speed or whatever. So. So let's talk. So let's break this down and let's focus on the non the non force users first, because those those provided. uh, I'll be honest, for me, some of some of the most exciting moments, the dark troopers, Mm -hmm. the dark troopers and the boarding party for me were really fun parts of this episode. The dark troopers with their own like musical scoring, that technotronic. Yeah. Terminator, Terminator, like, right. I mean, like it, it had, had, really, I gotta be on. I didn't care. I, I was, I was hoping for something a little bit more Mm. than what they got for music. I'm, I'm always the music guy. Like I can always sort of pick up on those things. And love those things, but the music for these guys just wasn't. It just wasn't clicking. Really, it just wasn't. Yeah, I just didn't care for it. The buildup, sorry, the buildup for those those dark troopers. Let's let's face it. It was pretty big. I mean, it was pretty big, and and I thought it was well played. My my opinion before I throw it over to you guys and to to just talk about the dark troopers. Um, I thought they they built them up, and I thought the payoff was was great. One of those things was doing some serious damage and it took, it took a Jedi master to really bring those things uh, to bring those things down, which I was like, this is, this is not going to be good. This is not going to be good. So let's go around the horn. Brian, let's start with you on Naboo and tell us, let's, let's just get your thoughts. Let's, let's do dark troopers. Uh, I mean, if they hadn't come back as the boarding party, I would have been throwing that into the category of the most overrated things ever. But when Mando has struggles with them and then shoots the rest of them out into space, had they not come back, like obviously I think we all would have a similar, a similar opinion, but the way they came back was, was epic. Just how that looked and you get the line of how many life forms and just Fennec Shan says zero, like that's super intimidating when you watch them come out of space, go through that. Um, that was that was really really neat. I 
I still think Mando, if he were to fight Luke Skywalker, would be a little bit more formidable. I think the Dark Troopers would have at least been able to do a little bit more, but we got Luke being epic as can be. Overall, I was very happy with the Dark Troopers. And the way uh, the Doctor um, talked about how they're the third generation and they had to remove the human element was was pretty interesting. I I, I like the Dark Troopers, but was that the only... I don't know. I don't know if we're ever going to see him again. Yeah. Matt, Matt called you out, Ethan. says, first you don't like the water parks, and now the Black Troopers music, Dark Troopers music. Man, one of those <laughs> days a conversation has to be in the works about this. Rob says, I love how this sh- it shows how powerful a Jedi is. The Dark Troopers are bad. And then here comes Luke Slice. Dude, yes. Everything about that comment, Rob. Everything Literally about crumpled, that comment. He crumpled one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. That was incredible. I I – I, I I can't like I can't I can't even um, I can't even put it into words how amazing Luke was for me. Go ahead, Mike. Mm-hmm. T- Dark Troopers, buddy. Uh, Dark Troopers. You know, I I I thought I thought they were cool. I, I I liked when they swooped in and grabbed Grogu. I thought the fight with Mando was high tension, and then you know it was kind of like an episode and a half of them, and they served their purpose. But I'm not. I'm not super hung up on them. You know, I, I also, I try not to think too hard about it. So when you ask, I'm kind of shrugging it off because I don't want to go too deep. Because I seriously was thinking about this this morning. I'm like, how are they that different from the battle droids that were in Attack of the Clones? And they cut through them like nothing. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. I overanalyze everything in Star Wars, but I don't want to overanalyze the Dark Troopers. They're, they're like Terminators that don't look like Arnold and their mech music scares me. And like... It was cool. <laughs> Go ahead. Ever and Jade. Um, well, I'm just brought back to the episode where Mando was tearing through all those security guard bots and like ripping their heads off, like killed five of them in the matter of what, like 30 seconds, if even that. And then that one was so much more difficult for him to destroy. So that kind of was like, hmm, interesting. But, yeah. you know, still a good fight scene. Kind of got to get Mando warmed up for the real deal. <laughs> I love the way they shot the scene of him getting his helmet bashed into the wall. I think that was a really good show of force to like really help you understand that they could have crushed his skull in a heartbeat had it been any other material his helmet was made out of. So, you know, they did those nice little lead ins to build them up to the point where that epic battle scene at the end worked so well to to be able to display Luke's masterful level of skill at this point jade and amber like maybe you can maybe you can answer this too so if that material is that indestructible do you know what was it that caused the dent in boba's helmet what was it that actually hit that to cause that kind of of dent because here i am made out of beskar yeah i'm i'm watching i'm like watching him get his head smashed into the wall thinking okay if that's happening and there's not even any kind of stress fracture there's no there's no movement of that helmet here, Bob is walking around with that dent in it. I mean, I, I digress. I know that's like a really silly thing to think of in that moment, but well, I'm gonna assume like looking at the staff when it's when it's up against the lightsaber, how it starts to get that hot metal look to it, and eventually that will warp and that would break, right? With that amount yeah. of force, so maybe it's not 100% Beskar. I mean, who knows, right? Maybe they threw a little aluminum in yeah. there for good measure. I don't know. Yeah, Christina, maybe the same thing with Boba's helmet. That's something Christina. they do a lot with. Oops, sorry. That's something they do a lot with Beskar. They kind of lace in other metals in some like kind of less uh, pristine armor. So like 
more higher up like Bo-Katan and Mando because he got all that pure Beskar. They have really pure armor, but like the lower level Mandalorians where it's passed down from generation to generation and they have to split up the Beskar between all their children. It's kind of diluted with other metals. Yeah. I would assume. I just know that some metals are more diluted. So clearly maybe Boba Fett's armor. Is <laughs> I yeah, like can- it. Can I can I just say it's five minutes into the episode and we get the epic cantina scene with Boba and Mando and yeah. run into Bo Katan. But it was it took and me the out dialogue. of the show. Yeah, but it took me yeah. out of the show when she says it can that Darksaber can cut through anything and we have to be explained except for pure Beskar. Just show me that. Like I didn't need that. It was super, super clunky. That really took me out of the show for like five seconds. And then it was awesome ddt wwe with a jetpack style so i was back in it but it just yeah. that really took me out of it yeah i was gonna say yeah. that took you out but sasha banks dropping a ddt on boba fett didn't take you out. was it a ddt i genuinely <laughs> yeah, didn't know if that's what it was that's the only DDT, move i know sasha banks, women's champion I dropping him on his little head <laughs> hey i just i just want an inside joke for the entire season james you you've officially passed off the mantle of of the wookie hiding comment christina has taken over and now covered all three, all three speakers on the bottom. And I'm going to throw Wookie in there just because he has to get covered up too. But we always bust on James for writing these really amazing comments. And it always would cover Wookie. Who I don't know why Wookie would always strategically fall to the bottom of the triad. But he, there it is. There's the peak. But that's just the inside joke of the, of the whole season. But yeah, the the DDT, I, it did take me kind of out of the uh, out of the, the moment there. All right. So guys, let's, let's get into really quick. And, and before we, before we really dive into uh, the boarding party, your thoughts of Bo-Katan um, showing us her handiwork. I, listen, anytime that the Mandalorians are running around causing a muck, um, especially, you know, the last time we saw Bo-Katan, like I am all about the Mandalorian squad just running, running around like that. That was a really cool moment. And Gina Carano, Matt, your girl, your girl with that repeating blaster was straight hot fire. Straight hot fire. When she unjammed that thing and then comes out of the elevator guns blazing, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was well, and just sw- the whole girl squad. Like, it took me a moment to, like, solidify the fact, hey, we're getting our, like, straight up Avengers girl power moment right now. Yes. Like, Yeah. Favreau, thank you. You yeah. know, me and Jade are texting each other immediately, like, "Yeah, girl power." Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I was going to say too. Because all yeah. of a sudden, you have you have Manda going one way, and you have all these strong, like independent women just going at it. And that to me was a really cool moment. And they're just busting through um, the stormtroopers. And I, I specifically, I really liked the moment where um, Cara doing her gun jams, and she's about to go and like. Bust it, bust it open, and 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 uh, the sharpshooter gets her at the end. There, I, I, that whole sequence was really, really cool. Yeah. He nailed it on the head for sure. Just real, real comical moment. When I when I get these little gems, guys, I just got to bring them online. Brian Mando did his best over Martel with the best guard spear. Luckily, this time he kept his helmet on. Dude, good call. Awesome, <laughs> good call. awesome comment. Awesome comment. Love that comment. Uh, girl, girl squad, Brian, what you think? I. Uh... The gun jamming, again, another thing that kind of took me out of it. I thought they kind of dwelt on it a little bit too long, but watching her go ham with her gun was 
was pretty fun. And then, like you said, when she gets it unjammed in the elevator, I don't see the necessity of it, but when she comes out of there, that's a, that's a really, that's a really cool scene leading up to the bridge. Yeah. What a, what a cool visual that moment was. That was neat. Like Mm -hmm. that shot was money. It was so money and it didn't even try. And it's something Kara doing really needed. I think a lot of people are starting to, to kind of dump on her a little bit. I think it's, it's a moment that really sets up Rangers of the new Republic. And, Mm -hmm. and I think it's something she really needed. Mike girl power. Oh, dude, uh, I I was not as big of a, a Fennec fan from beforehand, but dude, Ming-Na Wen is kicking it. She is 57 years old. Wow. wow. And yeah. she is hurricane kicking people like it's nobody's business. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was blown away with what she did. I, I loved her. I know we're going to talk about Boba later, but I loved her down in some spotchka sitting on the throne. Like, it was cool, and I gotta say as well, like it's it's funny you brought up the uh, brought up the Avengers. I think what I loved is the fact that we all just had to sit there and go, like we just took it at face value that they were kicking butt. Like, and I love 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 Endgame, and I love the battle sequence, but it, it felt so forced that it was like, here's our heroic zoom shot, and we're gonna say that this is our girl squad instead of just accepting the fact that like, no, they're heroes and they rock, and we don't need to comment on it. It's just here they are kicking butt. So I. I thought that totally delivered and it was, you know, I thought it was really satisfying that it was like, oh yeah, there's one Mando off on his own. And then look at these four super chicks kicking it, you know, kicking everybody down. It was great. It was great. Yeah. She was a fan. The girl power moment was fun. We had some discussion. We're going to get Matt. We're going to, Matt is like two steps ahead of us. Matt, I love your foresight, buddy. I love how (laughs) Matt has got everything that Matt is like, is mentioning in comments. It's like, we're, dude, we're getting there. We're like that. That's the ultimate question of, of what's going to happen. Uh, the gun jam was priceless. We had some back and forth about the uh, the title of the, the cover up artist or the cover artist. Uh, thanks, Christina, for taking over my position as the paragraph writer. The pressure is now off and, and now it's back. <laughs> it's back. James, James has reclaimed the title again. Uh, I think the Mando Girl Brigade was better than the one in Endgame. I agree. I agree, Brian. I, I agree with what you said, Mike. Um, I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't need to be beat over the head with it. The way that they rolled this out was, it was just perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Um, that, that squad, I fanned so hard over that moment and it was easily in an episode of moments. It was one of my favorite moments to see, uh, the girl squad wrecking shop on the, on the star destroyer. Uh, the gun jam was priceless. Gina Carano, Sacha Banks. I was like, Mike drop. I'm done. I'm in love. We know Matt, Matt. So Matt is in love with Gina Carano. So he, um, he put, po- he posts these amazing, uh, tri- we'll call them tributes, Matt. We'll call them tributes. <laughs> <laughs> the woman crush Wednesday is always either Gina or, or Sasha. Uh, Ming-Na Wen is amazing. Rob fan out. She worked for Disney for decades now. Ming-Na Wen, princess agent of shield, bounty hunter, true Disney legend. Yeah. Like big time. Brian, now I know where you're not answering my text, James. <laughs> oh God, you got trouble. <laughs> exactly. Uh-oh. We're causing we're causing problems. Uh, we talked about how Moff Gideon looked when he was about to pee his pants when Luke shut up. <laughs> it was mentioned and we're going it, it, it's gonna be said again. It was, it was just that was a Phantom Menace moment. It really was when mm. you know they said, Have you ever faced off against the Jedi? Surely we will not survive this. That's what that was. Mm-hmm. I almost I almost thought he was going to say, "Bring me some droidicas." I thought that <laughs> was going to happen. I thought it was going to well, happen. So the, well, that and that and like a, 
Legends Luke is all you know, I, I I've been reading all bunch of stuff, and the fact that he's like now Legends Luke, Legends Luke apparently brought down a Star Destroyer with his bare hands. Like, yeah, Moth better be scared. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. All right, guys. So let's do let's talk Moth for a second. Um, he's uh, I I love Giancarlo Stanton. My only gripe is he has not been utilized enough. He's amazing. He's a great actor. I feel like they haven't give him, given him enough moments to shine. So it was nice seeing him for a good portion of this episode. The duel that he had with Mando. I First of all, I, I, I was wrong with that. I didn't think that he was going to face off against Mando. I didn't think that Mando, that, that was his kill. I thought that whoever this Jedi was, and, and I thought it might have been Ahsoka again. I thought it, I thought it was going to be a Jedi that was going to square off against him. The fact that Mando did it was even better. Um, and I liked the way that the I liked the choreography of the fight. I thought it was really cool. Again, I had flashes of Oberyn Martell. Uh, I liked the the fighting with the spear. I liked I liked a non lightsaber weapon going against the lightsaber. Thought that was really cool. Um, I'm so I'm a huge fan of like Star Wars games and I loved um, Knights of the Old Republic before you sabered up and you built your own lightsaber, you had a lot of vibro blades. And so I kind of like, I kind of like these weapons being pulled in, uh, you know, to the armory, to the star Wars armory, and then seeing them go against lightsabers. It just, it's cool. It's cool to me. Like I liked the vibro axe in, in episode one, sure. I liked seeing the gaffy stick weapons that we've only seen as part of set pieces before or you know what they are because you're like a you know you're a complete star wars wonk but they really haven't been wielded so when i get to see these weapons used i i fan out really hard so for me that was that was the cool moment with that but wolf you've been you've been quiet for a while buddy get back in what you think of the fight yeah uh listen I, I you hit all the, the really great points. I think that when you take a uh, a, a non lightsaber weapon that can compete with a lightsaber, um, you were destined to have something that was actually a lot of fun. And the thing I think I I like the most about it because you know I'm I'm sort of surrounded right now around people who genuinely love Star Wars and have been invested in Star Wars for so long that I really enjoyed was Mando could could hold his own against a lightsaber like. He was doing pretty well. And I think that's the thing that maybe impressed me the most was here's someone who you've never really seen him combat in a, uh, in a way. Um, can you guys hear me? Yeah, no, I'm just doing oh. a nonverbal oh. hi to Brian. Oh, Brian sorry. says, hey, Brian said hi to you. <laughs> How are we doing? Sorry. <laughs> Brian, I was, he was, he was on, he was on his flow and I ruined his flow. <laughs> sorry, um, Wookie, that, that's on me, buddy. Or sorry, no. Wolf. All good. Um, I think, you know, that to me was probably the coolest sort of thing about this because you've seen him do really well in, in, in with his weapons. You've seen him do well, you know, hand to hand. But to see him with a weapon that was going to go up against a lightsaber, I thought was just really unique. And I thought it was really cool um, to sort of see that come into play. And yeah, it was it was a it was pretty cool. The other thing that I I, I really liked about this was the writing sort of gave that that opportunity for Moff Gideon to be sort of the bad guy. Like, oh, you just want the kid? I just want the saber. Take the kid. Get out of here. Like, it, nice. it allowed yeah. for that opportunity for him to be bad, 
which other than wanting the kid and, 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 and sort of having this power, we had never really seen him be, in my opinion, really bad. And this was a cool opportunity to see that. Yeah. Amber and Jay, what you guys think of the, of the battle, the non-Jedi battle? Um, I thought it was a good fight scene. You know, they put it together really well. I was kind of sad that I didn't get to see a lightsaber duel on the Mandalorian, but you know, for what it was, I liked it. <laughs> and I like the psychological pieces of Moff Gideon trying to get into the Mandalorian's head a little bit, you know, and then how that plays out later when they're on the bridge together. You know, those to me are the ultimate villains, right? It's not just about the ability to do hand-to-hand combat with somebody and be strong and powerful. It's also that psychological dynamic that really creates that kind of more villainous character. So, yeah, I saw that trick coming. Yeah. I, I, I didn't think he was going to go quietly. I didn't Brian, uh, Brian, I don't think he was going to go quietly. And, and I agree. I agree. Amber, it was, um, it was the perfect despicable moment. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Brian, what you think? I, I I go back and forth on on this one. The fight was was epic, but it it fully proved. And like you said, Giancarlo Esposito hasn't had a ton of time to explore everything that he can do. Um, but he kind of lost that that completely. Uh, what's the word? Intimidating factor a little bit in this one. Like he was very easy to defeat once Mando tried to do it. Um, I felt like his character. Man, I, I feel like I'm pooping on this episode all over the place. I feel like his character was a little bit uneven compared to what he'd been. I really like cocky Giancarlo Esposito when he says, assume that I know everything. And yeah. then he and then he kind of goes back and forth. But I mean, that's just how intimidating Luke is. That's how intimidating Mando was at the end of chapter 15 when he says, you have something I want. He looked legitimately afraid. Uh, but I... I'm with Jade. I I would have loved to have seen the dark saber go up against that green lightsaber. Now Hasbro pulse just did release the force effects elite dark saber for release in August of next year. So I can replicate this fight in my own living room with my eight year old. And that just might have to happen. But, uh, but I would have loved to have seen it go up against the, uh, a lightsaber to follow, to follow up. I just want, and I want to ask you this specifically though. Do you think that that quality as a fan of like the WWE, do you think that that quality of, in him, in Moff, that he is a bragger in some respects. And then when, when truly tested, he's, he like, he's the perfect heel that he shows courage when, when the situation is in his favor. But then when the, when the odds are not against him, he really showed that he, he does not have courage. I think that that makes him more villainous. No, it's like, I I think of growing up, I think of like Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man was the ultimate heel in the WW, then WWF, now WWE. He was really tough. He had swagger. He had, he had, was it Mike Virgil? Was his, his yeah, side he Virgil. He had Virgil. When it was 2v1, he was, he was a real tough guy. But then, you know, when, when Hogan or when Macho Man would, would go mano a mano, you know, the hands would go up. He would beg for mercy, fight unfairly. Like, doesn't that, doesn't that make Moth, even worse that he's not all powerful. He's just, he's despicable. Yeah. I, I guess I never thought about it that way for, and that's, and that's, that's my fault for me. It's Gus Fring kind of never lost it. So I never expected the moth to lose it. Uh, but maybe, I mean, and that's, that's completely on me. It's definitely cowardly, especially when he just kind of lays on the floor and covers the gun with his cape. He's, 
he yeah i mean he's definitely cowardly and he tried to take the coward way out and uh gina or excuse me cara dune kind of stopped that from happening i'm very interested to see where where they go next for sure but yeah. he kind of you saw his confidence come and go when the dark troopers are going to come in and me and the kid are going to be the only things living just it very much came and went and i think that's where i had where it was a little more noticeable for me and maybe that's just because that's how the character was confident, not confident back and forth that quickly. Yeah, Gene, Gene agrees with you. He said when he pooped his pants when Luke shut up, he lost credibility. See, to me, Gene, that's where that's where I think that's when I, I really started to like him as a villain more because I felt like at that moment, I, I feel like he's he really is not this all-powerful foil for these guys. He is just um he's just using, using his advantage when he, when he can. So I, I liked it. I thought it, it gave him a little bit more depth. Fight was well choreographed said Brian. It was unbelievable. If Gideon is now the property of the new Republic, who is coming to get him Thrawn, Giancarlo Esposito claims he returns in a big way in season three. Hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, so let's, so let's talk about, let's talk about post battle. Let's talk about that. That's a great question. And something that we didn't really consider in our outline but let's let's take a minute to consider that is, um, you know, if if he is now captured and he's in custody, you know, do do we see Thrawn in season three? And is he going to go back and try to get the dark saber again? Like, I want to I want to talk about the dark saber specifically. But, you know, what what do you guys think is out there for him? Mike, what do you think? Uh, I don't I don't think we're going to see Thrawn here. I think they they've set him up pretty pretty well as the the big bad for the ahsoka series so i i don't know i'm sure we'll get cross-pollinization between all the things that are going on here but i think i think they set that up elsewhere i don't know where they take take him from here i think it'll be really interesting to see who is still out there within the remnants of the empire and the dawn of the first order that's going to come get him if anybody's going to get him um i think what's what's really exciting to me about the dark saber is um how you know how is this going to play out between Bo-Katan and Mando? You know, like Din doesn't right, so want it. Yeah, let's Din, let's. Din, so Din let's, doesn't want the throne, so it's going to yeah, be this whole thing it. where it feels like they're you know she's going to have to like prop him up and kind of be like his guy, you know, his person behind the scenes teaching him what it is to be a real Mandalorian. I think, I you know, I, I think inevitably oh, I we'll, we'll find. No, <laughs> I <laughs> hope ahead, not. Brian. I, I I hope not. I Mando doesn't want to lead. I I think the way they can explain the dark saber from Sabine handing it to Bo-Katan, I think you probably have a part of Mandalore not willing to see Bo-Katan as their leader because she was literally just given it. Now I need to go back and rewatch Rebels, but I think that could be setting it up. But it's interesting if you have Bo-Katan mocking Din for his hold of tradition for not removing his helmet and stuff like that. And now she's holding to a similar tradition. Obviously it's a little bit different, but she's, she's going against the tradition. She herself has already broken one other time. I need that explained for me. Din has no interest in ruling Mandalore. That, ahead, that doesn't excite me. So that wasn't the first time. First off in uh, the clone wars, Maul had the dark saber and he was ruling Mandalore and she did not defeat Maul. Ahsoka defeated Maul. And then and she got the dark saber. Mm-hmm. And then again in Rebels, Sabine handed it to her after finding it in uh, uh, Dar or Maul's. What was that planet called? I forget. Dathomir. Yeah. Dathomir. Dathomir. Yes. Mm-hmm. After finding it on Dathomir. Yeah. So 
again, handed it to her. So I feel like they're kind of just, I don't know, just but like something could have happened. To, yeah, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, just, maybe it's so fragmented that so many of these kind of cultish awe enclaves happened yeah. and kind of went into their own deep cultural backgrounds that now you have to go so bar- far back in lore mm-hmm. into like the origins of the dark saber and how it was originally passed down through mandalores to to kind of seize that power yeah but i don't know i mean that's reaching into like legends material and stuff that i don't it i mean it no, just I was know. a little wonky for us how they how they played that off because we were both like, "What the yeah. actual yeah. are you doing here?" Because you're retconning your own shows, Filoni. Yeah. Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I, he's thought about it. He's definitely thought about it. I believe that he's going to figure it out. Yeah, so I, I feel like I'm, that's the only explanation. Is like, think about Mando's groups. They're kind of a far splinter from Death Watch and what we saw in the Clone Wars of what Death Watch was. So I feel like maybe because of the Empire. And everything that happened there, maybe all the splinter groups are just, that's something that'll unite them, a story. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Mike. I have full, I have full confidence. If, if they can suddenly fix all the questions we've had for the last two years just by having, you know, Boba Fett say, I never claimed I was a Mandalorian, like, done. They're they're slick. They, I, I think, and if Filoni has proved anything in all this, it's that he's truly got his eyes everywhere so I'm I'm sure they'll come up with an explanation, whether we all like it or not. Eh, we'll see, but I'm I'm sure they've they've they're thinking ahead. Yeah, I know you said both of you, Amber, Amber, you said Jade and I were talking, and we really did not like we did not like the fact that we felt that Filoni had like retconned his own story when it came to the the history and the tradition of of the dark saber in that moment. I listen. I so I'm a newcomer to Clone Wars and to Rebels. So like, that's where I defer to the two of you that like you, you are very much into those series. I'm still like, I'm still getting through them. I'm a late comer to them. Welcome. And, um, and I'm loving, and I'm loving them. I'm loving every single second. The first season of Clone Wars though, I will, I will say I did, I did not enjoy the first season of Clone Wars, but since then I'm all about it. Once um, you get about like, Ahsoka, you go back and watch it again, then you'll like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in, yep. so I'm in season. I'm in season four right now. I'm also trying to. Um, I'm trying not to binge too hard. In that, I'm trying to like really savor it and enjoy it like a like a fine meal or a fine wine because I know that once it's gone, it's gone. And I also know that I have I have a year until I, I get a, another season of Mandalorian and then and then Boba Fett. But I um I haven't gotten to the point yet where that moment didn't hit me with the same gravity that it did for the two of you. So that's why I asked the two of you was what, what did you think about it? I I don't have much of an opinion on that moment other than to say, I just think as a a cat, like, and I truly, in that moment, I become a casual fan because I don't have a lot of the backstory of Bo-Katan and the history of Mandalore. And, and I have not gotten to that point yet. So I see it almost as many of us do, which is, I wonder how that conflict between the two of them is going to play out. And I, I don't know what's your opinion on. I just think it's too on the nose to make them adversaries. I think that's too on the nose. And I, I would find that's like sloppy writing. And I don't think either Favreau or Filoni are going to do that. I just think that's like terribly on the nose to make her and him, you know, adversaries moving forward when there's other big bads out there. I just don't think that that's the story to be told there. I think she becomes more of a mentor. And I know, Brian, I know you hate it, but. Uh. 
Uh, hate, hates, yeah, hates a strong know. word. Hates a, hates a strong word. But he's not a he's not a full blown leader. I do see this headed to a way of the armorer being the antagonist. And mm-hmm. and I I mean, there's so many different ways that it can go. I really I don't know. I really don't know. But yeah. I'm just glad season three exists. Like we got that from Fabro finally. So yeah, I think it'll be it'll be cool. It'll be an adventure. Season three based on the writing that we talked about earlier, Game of Thrones style. I think we're going to have segmented stories that don't link up. So maybe that at this moment, they both go out into the galaxy and start just trying to recruit Mandalorians. And there is none of this, like, who's the Mandalore? Who's got the Darksaber? Maybe it's just like, hey, it's time. It's time to come mm-hmm. back together. And they're just trying to find where those hidden enclaves are. Maybe mm-hmm. that's maybe the catalyst of, of movement. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, guys, they've, got, just, they've got to come together at some point. Just mm-hmm. as a just as a programming note, too, I think the siege of of Kashyyyk has officially begun because the <laughs> transmission the transmission for Kashyyyk has officially been lost. I think we lost Wookie. Rip. He, he said it, he's been trying. What about trying, but he's what about the different. droid attack on the Wookies? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just it's been hard, but we we're trying to get we're trying to get him on. Uh, she said to honor his her sister when she had the dark saber. I'm just trying to get to some comments too. Rob said, "Piano." Rob said, "I'd love to see Sabine be involved mm-hmm. in all of this." Um, I'm curious to see where a lot of the Rebels characters come in because I think we're going to get them in some form or fashion in one of these series, whether it's Ahsoka, whether it's uh, you know Rangers of the New Republic. I think you're going to see a lot of the Rebels characters come in in some way, shape, or form. Um, so I would like to see Sabine Wren come back. She was one of my favorites. I haven't seen all of Rebels. I've watched here and there. I have to watch it straight through. But the, the episodes that I've watched, I'm a huge fan of Rebels. Huge fan of it. I love it. I love the style. I love everything about the storyline. I'm trying to get through the Clone Wars, but it's hard in this house. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard to find time to do a lot of you know the binge watching nowadays, especially when there's something with seven seasons. I want the armor. Brian says I want the armor back in season three. If we're going to full, go full Mandalorian lore, Emily Swallows was excellent in that role in season one. I presume she's still alive. Oh, yeah. She's got to be. She's still got to be alive. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I, she might be the big bad. She might be the big bad in, in, in that in that uh, conflict. Uh, I was thinking Bo can't take it back because it was already in her possession and she lost it, which means she has to earn it back. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a good theory too. But going by what Jade said, again, it was handed to her by Ahsoka. So if that is the case, then what Sabine did should have held should have held water that back then too. And yeah. I mean, maybe we're just dissecting it too much, but that's what Star Wars is. Yeah. Uh Brian says I'm way behind on Clone Wars and Rebels. Good dude, you're making me feel good. Thank you to the audience members who are making me feel good. You're making me feel like I'm not the worst Star Wars fan in the world. And I'm not saying that you are like, we're just, thank you. Thank you. That <laughs> you guys are really making me feel a lot better than I did about myself before I came on. Uh, Christina says also a newcomer to the clone wars, enjoying it so far. That's, we talked about this, Brian, we talked about this on our episode that we did with United we fan, where I said of many intellectual properties, like Willow is the, is the example I used. I'm psyched. That a, that that series is going to bring attention back to the original IP. I think that's what this series is doing for the Clone Wars and for Rebels. For people who missed it or thought, "Oh, I didn't need to watch it; it's a cartoon." Now 
they want to go back and get that backstory. So it's really enhancing those older episodes. Like Christina's saying, it's making her go back. Uh, you're going to have my mind. Ex- I'm going to have my mind expanded by the end of Clone Wars. I'm going to learn so much. Dude, I am. So I'm loving it. I just wrapped up to let for all of you that um, might even care remotely of where I am. Uh, I'm on the battle right now on Mon Calamari, where oh. there's the three episode. There's the three episode arc. So you're and just starting uh, season four. Yeah, it's Captain. So it's Captain Akbar at that at that point. Really cool, and and it was a trap, and <laughs> and he didn't say it. Um. So all right, listen, we're we're running we're a little long in the tooth, but I don't care because there's a lot to break down, and I I never I never have to apologize for when I'm talking Star Wars. But thank you for everyone who's hanging tight with us. Um. So let's get to the moment. There's the two moments. Let's get to the Return of the Jedi. I cried, Mister Ruby. Let's start with you this time around. You've been sitting there quietly and patiently for a while. I, I told you my my experience. It was a religious experience for me. But let's talk all things Luke for the next minutes. Guys, blow us up in the comments. Let, let us know about Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. Oh, it was the same. Sitting there watching tears streaming down my face vocally shouted it's luke i think i shouted even louder it's r2 um it, it was it was perfect i mean I, I i can't say a whole a whole lot more i mean it, it's really kind of been on on reflection watching it probably three dozen times since i i just kind of keep watching that sequence and then when i'm not watching the sequence i play ludwig Gorenson's score and listen to that again um i which actually i that's the one new thing maybe I can talk about. I, I love the fact that, and because I've seen people who've done recuts where they drop in original John Williams score underneath. It's so much better with the new Ludwig score where it's just, it's dark. It's mysterious. You don't know who it is. It's a little scary because it's something new and just keeps building and building throughout the whole thing until you finally take, you know, he takes the hood off. If I had one gripe and I said this to you, Mark, after afterwards, like, how is it they can get the de-aging so perfect with Michael Douglas and Ant-Man and they can get it so wrong with Mark Hamill in this? <laughs> I was just going to say, answer Brian's question. He said, what did y'all think of another CG Luke? So not I, a fan. I, I, think I've, I think I've seen deep fakes that are, that are better since that people have been doing on their own flames at home. It's like, Disney? Yeah. Like... <laughs> Like they, yeah. it was, it was like I, I, the one that they did in, um, in Rise of Skywalker was so much better. Like I felt like that was a much more natural Luke and Leia in the fight scene there. And then here, it just it was kind of cartoony. I think that was they blew their budget on the crate dragon. Let's let's be honest, that was it. Any any money that would have gone to to helping Luke's face in that scene went right to the crate dragon. I'll I'll take it. Favreau spent it. it on his own episode. Hey, John, 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 if you're watching. Mr. Favreau, we're not on we're not on first name basis. Mr. Favreau, if you're watching, if you have money to edit out the beloved jeans guy, you can go back and fix Luke's, Luke's face because it's a little bombed out and depleted. Ladies, what yeah. did you think? Overly Botox, think? like his forehead never moves. There's never any eye crinkling. I'm like, at least with Leia and Tarkin, there was facial movement that happened. It may have looked more clunky, but there was actual like natural movement and flow to the facial structure that was just gone it was like this this painting with lips that moved i was like 
Yeah. I mean, I still freaked out and loved it, but I thought it definitely could have been better. That's, they should have just passed his son, in my opinion. Like, <laughs> yeah. Forget the CGI. Did, <laughs> did anybody think that it was Sebastian Stan and then you had to wait until the credits to be like, oh, no, it was Mark. Chin, I yeah. thought it chin down before the hood came out. I genuinely thought. I thought it was Sebastian Stan. And then I had to go to the credits. I watched the credits to be like, is it Sebastian Stan? Because if it is, we're getting a Luke series. And and then I'm going to, then I'm going to cry. I'm going to lose my, I'm going to lose my mind. When I saw it was Mark, I was happy. It was Mark. I love, I love whenever Mark can come back to the star Wars universe in any way, shape or form. But I, uh, I was hoping that it was Sebastian Wolf. What did you think? Yeah. I, I again, you got to agree. It, it wasn't the best. Um, it, it, it sort of reminded me of like a really poorly made video game. Um, but for the sake of the story, I do think that ultimately it was the right play. Um, yeah, you know, like I like we all kind of said, you know, the moment the X-Wing went by, the moment we saw the hooded figure, I mean, I don't think anything else after that would have really mattered. So they did they did well, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and his voice. He is such a good voice actor. Like he could throw that voice back 30 years instantly. And you're like, oh man, it's like I'm listening to the original trilogy when I just close my eyes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He's, he's a phenomenal, like, I think he's probably one of the best, if not the best voice actor of our time. And so in just all the different things that he's been able to do um, throughout his career, for sure. His mood and his affect rang to the the Jabba's palace cool calm and collected where he doesn't know if he's speaking to adversaries or friends in that moment and he's projecting a calm and a confidence I so dug that that when I watched it for the second time I'm like listen he's he's back in Jabba's palace <laughs> basically saying like I- I'm a Jedi master you're not going to get any emotion out of me. And I can, I can cut you all down in this. Did you just witness what I did to those, to those dark troopers? I crushed, I crushed him. <laughs> I crushed it with my, with my mind, you know? So I liked, I liked the way that he kind of, he had a swagger to him. In- Some people said, I didn't like his voice. I didn't, he was. And I said, listen, in that moment, he was in control of the situation. I love, I loved it. Brian, before we, before we get on and cry, over baby Grogu. Let's, <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, in my head canon, how it worked out is Favreau and Filoni were having a conversation of the return of Luke Skywalker, and the visual effects intern walked into the room, and they thought he was going to blow the secret, so they put him in charge of the visual effects for that, and uh, just just called it good, said, hey, you take care of that, and kept the secret from everyone else. But I think it was probably edited late in the game. I think they were really trying to keep that a secret. So yeah. I, I I'm willing to overlook it. I'm... I'm good with it. I, it. It is what it is. Yeah. And Christina even, even mentions Mark Hamill's Instagram story where he said, anything good on TV today. The, the best Star Wars is always so great with keeping secrets and cla- like right there, claps to you guys. You kept, you, you floored, you floored me. You floored me. Never in a million years did I think that it was going to be Luke Skywalker. The only, the only other thing that would have made me, 
even more like crazy would be if it were Mace Windu. And then Amber, I really would have said like, how, how this is not possible. Cause then you need an episode to just describe why Mace Windu is, is there in front of, in front of you. Uh, my 14 year old daughter, it was the glove. Yep. It was, it was the glove for me. When I saw the glove, a, a tear rolled down my cheek. Brian got here a little late. Uh, another thought crossed my mind, Kara's sarcastic line. It's the one X-Wing we're saved is maybe supposed to be a contrast to Poe saying excitedly, that's Luke Skywalker's X-Wing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at that point, Luke is a, he's kind of a myth, you know, he's kind of a myth at, at that point. So um, guys, let's, let's transition to the sad portion of the evening. And let me just say that I, I love, I love you, baby Grogu with all of my heart. I love you with all of my heart and soul. And I, I think that was goodbye. And um, I'm okay with it. I'm okay. I'm at peace because that was the good. If, if that is goodbye, it's the one I wanted. Your sweet little, your baby Yoda eyes going to get some chicken nuggies with RTG2. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. I'm going to be fine. I kept saying that to the, to the screen too. I was like, I'll be okay. Nanny R2. <laughs> you go, you go with Luke. I'll be fine. And I was saying to the camera, I'll be fine, baby Yoda. I have enough merch to last me the next 30 years. I'll be okay. Ethan, go ahead, buddy. You can just let, let it all out. You know, it's funny. I was watching this episode and all of a sudden I, I, I was, I was watching it in the bedroom and the wife looked over and she's like, are you crying? I was like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not crying. Really? Like, it was such a heart wrenching moment. And the, and, and really it was the moment when uh, Mando took off his helmet. Grogo puts his little hand on his face and is just, it's just like, that's it. That's, that's the way that it's going. And, yeah, it was – I was probably in the same boat. I was just like, it's it's going to be okay. You're allowed to go. I'm giving you permission. And it, it really – it just – it it's grabbed your heartstrings and just played. And, and it really was just a, a great a great episode for sure. <laughs> Brian, go ahead. What you think? It's – this departure is what made me think that The Mandalorian as a show was over. Uh, I, I thought a lot of people had – synonymously said the Mandalorian equals baby Yoda equals Grogu. John Favreau this morning on good morning America gave us full permission to use baby Yoda, by the way. So I'm going to keep going with that. But um, he, I mean, I, I thought people were tuned into the Mandalorian to see him. I thought the way you kind of fix that is you carry on Din's story in a different show. So the fact that we're getting season three surprised me and I'm, and I'm happy with that. I understand. I know we saw his face in the, the season one finale, I understand from a character development standpoint and how well of a job they did that with Bill Burr in chapter 15. Had this been the first time we had seen Mando's face, it would have made me just a puddle. Um, It didn't hit me as hard just because I'd seen Mando's face, but it's the first time Grogu had seen Mando's face and they got that puppet to react just perfectly. I really, really loved that when he touched his face, just, just all of that. It, it was incredible. Just really emotional. Yeah. What you think, Ruby? I I thought it was perfect, and the so many uh, so much rhyming within the Star Wars universe. I mean, it's 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 Vader taking his mask off at the end and seeing Luke with his own eyes for the first time, and Mando. You know, 
it almost doesn't matter that, you know, IG-11 has seen his face. It doesn't matter that, you know, Bill Burr and the, and the Imperials saw his face. Grogu had never seen his face. So what, what was meaningful was that it was the first time Grogu had seen his face and it was the first time that he actually had seen Grogu with his own eyes. And I, that, that was, that was too much. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I actually, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what is the Mandalorian without baby Yoda. I think it's actually really exciting. And I hope that we don't see him again until it turns into as big of a shock as the first time the egg opened. And we saw those little mogwai ears kind of pop out and we're yeah. like, is that a gremlin or is that a Yoda? No, it's a Yoda. <laughs> so like I, I think I think it's perfect. I I think we'll have to see him again, but I hope it's not for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh really quick before we get to the, the ladies, because I, I wanna I wanna get their their opinion on it. Um Grogu was so epic though, he made Disney break their normal theming in parks. You can find Grogu in every park in every land. They, they don't do that ever. Disney knows that this is their money during a crazy time. Yeah, I've I've had a lot of people who've said that, James, that they said he will be back because of a financial from a financial standpoint. They can't let him go because of the merch. But I think at this point, like there's the cult status. Like Boba Fett sold how much merchandise showing up and, and how much screen time in two movies. The, like the foundation for Baby Yoda merchandise is late. You don't have to see him on screen to want to continue to, to see him. And let's face it, folks. We've said this numerous times on this show. Mando is just running out of childcare options. He is running out of childcare options. The frog lady called him and said, listen, I can't do it again. He ate half of my children. I, like, that's it. We're done. Like, I'm burnt yeah, out. I'm burnt out. So ladies, your, your, your farewell to Grogu. This is it. Well, yeah, I thought that was a heartfelt moment when he, you know, took his mask off and touched his face. And that was just super cute. I started crying. <laughs> and uh, then the part that like kind of, nobody else talked about that I'll talk about is when he was kind of clinging to his leg and R2-D2 comes in and he kind of turns around. And I kind of took that as he recognizes R2-D2. He remembers him from the temple, I feel mm -hmm. like. And mm -hmm. that's kind of what got me there. Like he didn't really recognize Luke, you know, he knew he's a Jedi. He could sense that through the force, but he didn't know Luke at all. Like he knows Mando. And then when he saw R2-D2 come in, I feel like he was like, okay, this is okay. I can go with this guy. So that yeah. kind of got me a little bit too. <laughs> mm, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about the R2, maybe him recognizing or have some kind of awareness of recognition yeah. from Plus, Anakin. I, my theory is the R2-D2 never got his memory wiped because in the first trilogy, well, not really first trilogy, but episode three, he they said, wipe the protocol droid's memory, but they never said anything about R2-D2. So I feel like he remembers everything. So mm -hmm. that's why I feel like R2-D2 recognized him too. And I was just like, Mm -hmm. They have their little dialogue. Yeah. So yeah, that, I like that. That's yeah. Like um, Brian, it was just great to see him again. Go ahead, Amber. Oh, I was just gonna say I was a bawling pile of mess mm -hmm. the entire time since the X-wing showed up. So I mean, this just added fuel to the fire. But <laughs> um, I think it was well done, and in Din's kind of character development too, where he knew in that moment that that's what the child needed. You know, it's always like one of those things that as parents. You know, I think that that this journey with the Mandalorian, you know, really spoke to those of us that are parents and and kind of figuring out our way and how to be a parent and how do you figure out what your kids need from you. And that's one of those moments where he clearly identified like this is a milestone moment for this child and I need to do this, 
even though it's hard and it may be against everything I know in the whole world, but I know this is the most important thing to me in the world and I need to do this. So, you know, just those those larger philosophical moments that Star Wars is so amazing at just putting in there and you barely notice um, are, are why I love the series so much. So so that was yeah. one of those pivotal moments. So we were going to we were going to do some speculation and we were going to do our wish list for season three. Uh, but given the fact that we we are running over the we had allotted an hour, we're at an hour and 18 minutes. First of all, thank you to the audience for hanging tight with us. Like really awesome. We could fan out for another hour and 18 minutes, but for the sake of time. But this is where this also allows me to plug Amber and Jade, who are going to be doing a Force Friday over at Walt's apartment. So to be continued, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, uh, ladies, we can we can get in on one of those podcasts and make that podcast maybe all about <laughs> oh nice I like that little. <laughs> Little trickery. We had a baby Yoda pass from window to window. Another twin. He's molted. He's he's multiplied. Oh, oh, um, I, I'm not mirrored right. Listen, <laughs> stop. Shiny shiny objects. You're distracting the host. Like this is making for terrible radio, people. No, that's <laughs> true. Like, Sorry, Amber, Amber, no, Amber and Jade are are going to have a Force Friday, and what better way to continue that conversation? So, Amber and Jade, tell us where we where can we find Force Fridays. Hit us up with your socials. And then we're going to go around the horn for our amazing panel. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell us where we can find you, Amber and Jade. Yeah, so uh, Walt's Apartment Podcast, which some of you are listening to this on right now. Um, you can find all of us there. Force Fridays will be a bi-weekly podcast, so every other Friday. Um, just some latest news. We'll probably dive into some of the elements of things maybe that we would speculate would be important in the future of all these series. Um, and on the social medias, Jade? Uh, snips underscore JR. Snips, a.k.a. Ahsoka. <laughs> At Instagram. Yes, Instagram. Just Instagram. <laughs> um, and I'm Amber Atin Cosplay on Instagram and Facebook. And Walt's Apartments on all of those platforms as well. And I love I love the podcast. I love you guys over there. I told Sean a million times. Love Walt's Apartment. Love what you guys are doing. Um, they've had me on their show. It's a lot of fun. Sean is... Sean, you're a way better moderator than I ever could be, my friend. This is a really tough gig because I have to shut up in order to do this. And that's really hard for me to do. I'm like a shark. If I stop swimming, I'll die. If I stop talking, I'll, I'll blow up. Mr. Ruby, tell us where we can find you on the socials, my friend. Oh, um, I'm around. You can find me on Twitter uh, at Mike uh, underscore Ruby. Um, that's probably the, the best place to, to, to see me floating out and about. And just wanted to say thanks again for uh, having me on. It was super fun to be able to talk to a bunch of super fans. This is Twitter, really, huh? really cool. <laughs> yeah, I keep the grandparents, <laughs> the grandparents watch the kids. This, so I, I it know. allows me, you'll I, never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> I get off my lawn. It, it is, it, listen, it is the Moss Isley of the social media world, but good for you, buddy. You're, you're making it over there. Brian, where can we find you on socials? Yeah, I'm uh, on Instagram and Twitter to make Mike feel a little better. They're both at uh, <laughs> BRL underscore 2187. If you get the reference, good for you. Uh, but the 2187, but, um, yeah, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, uh, United We Fan the Podcast. Um, me and my co-host Mark over there, uh, we talk about all different corners of the fandom world, and uh, we're going to get into Mando season two in early February. 
uh, lots of good stuff uh, going on over there too. Yeah. And Wolf, hit us up, buddy. I'm like, I'm, I'm really proud of this one. I'm excited. <laughs> I, I'm really excited for. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a lot of things happening. So we are the uh, the Wolf and Wookie, a Walt Disney World podcast or a WDW podcast. Uh, we are powered by this Diz life. And, uh, you know, hey, hey, I was going to say my buddy, the Wookiee has had some really difficult uh, times tonight uh, and we really missed his conversation and being, being, having, being a part of this. Um, and, and I always look forward to what he has to say. Because uh, he, he is the he is the Wookie to my Han Solo, and um, you know we're just we're really excited for everything that's coming. Um, I, 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 I'm still at work, so I'm I'm sort of excited to be heading home to my wife. Uh, kind of While it's up. working, I just want to say thank you before it kicks me <laughs> out again. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, buddy, someone you and Tarfer did a great job. Someone had to get Yoda into the escape pod. Thank you, thank you for your contribution. <laughs> Listen, the battle, the battle the of, you did tonight. You really did. You got you got Yoda to Dagobah. You got him there safely. Thank you for your contributions. Thank you for your service tonight, Wookie. We appreciate it. We know that there was all kinds of bedlam going on there in Kashyyyk, and the battle was raging. I know the connection was crazy because of that. Inside jokes abound. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, one, thank you to my panel. Thank you, guys. This was as epic as I thought it was going to be. I have enjoyed. Uh, I've enjoyed this season. Thank you to the fans who have been here since uh, since episode one with us, um, and thank you to everyone who's joining us over at Walt's apartment. Thank you to everyone on this Diz Life, um, guys. I'm a huge fan. Brian at United We Fan love their podcast. He and Mark do an amazing podcast. Amber and Jade, one I cannot wait for Force Fridays. Um, I love your Mandalorian Mondays. Thank you so much for for agreeing to join us tonight, Mr. Ruby. It was like old times, my friend. More discussion to be had on The Last Jedi, maybe over at Amber and Jade's place. You guys can beat up on me for a half hour or 45 minutes because I, I am not a huge fan of The Last Jedi. And Wolf and Wookie, gentlemen, we'll see you real soon. Right? <laughs> thank you, everyone. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a good night. And as always, I hope the rest of your week is filled with faith, trust, and pixie dust. We'll see you real soon. We're now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast Family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts.